keep one on top of the mics. It won't be any problems. It, it won't be any problems because if you're not on top of the mic, Luke's going to give you problems. Bitch. Lovely. <laughs> there is a road, lads. There is a road that we must travel. There's a promise that we must make. Hallelujah! But the riches, they will be plenty. plenty. Worth the risk and the chances that we take. Ooh. There is a dream, gentlemen. I need some help here. There is a dream with the future. There is a struggle that we have yet to win. But there's pride in my heart, Michal. So there is. Because I know where I'm going. Yes, I do. And, and I know, I know <laughs> where I've been. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And that's not rehearsed. Did you write that, Kieran? <laughs> well, I know what you're thinking, lads, but I did not write these words about our podcast, even though we're traveling a road together. Yes. We made ourselves a promise back in January, and we're sticking to our release schedule so far. We've got as far as April. <laughs> Good on us. <laughs> the riches, lads. The riches. They're not just plenty, but they're bountiful, I would say. And I don't need to bore the listeners about the extent of the riches. No, I don't need, they don't need you know, to get jealous. Of, you know, the riches back, associated back with stuff. podcasting. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, that's not the reason, actually, why I brought up these lyrics. Rory Meehal, I know you guys think you know why I did. But no, I brought them up because of Luke. Because Luke Devaney, I know me? where yes, you, you have been. You know where I've been. I know where you've been. You where was he? You haven't me tailed. I am going to read here, lads, from the Leinster Leader. An article written on April 25th, which is the day of recording. I was just trawling through the internet today, Michal, like just looking up random stuff. And all of a sudden I came across this article from the Leinster Leader, lads. Yeah, that often, that, that often happens, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I just came up and I would quote from it. The Pitchfork Disney by Philip Ridley and performed by Sam and Ella has won Best Play at the 2023 All-Ireland Confined Drama Festivals in Glenamady County, Galway. The group from Leakslip were founded in 2015 by brothers Philip and Ken Byrne who hail from River Forest View. Did you know that now, Michal? No, not a clue. Well, go there on, you keep go. going. I'm interested. They were named champions following a gala awards ceremony that took place in front of drama enthusiasts from all over the country. The County Kildare Company, full of competition from a strong field of nine qualified finalists who mm. came from counties Mayo, Galway, Armagh, Dublin and Wexford. What yes. a kip. <laughs> Speaking to John Mulligan from Nobody Galway from Bay Offaly, FM, though, yeah. in the immediate aftermath of the awards, Philip Byrne, who also won the award for Best Director, said, this is what we put our work into all year, and I was ecstatic to win. Man, Philip. <laughs> I'm glad we're giving Philip a plug. He's well overdue a plug on this podcast. The local company also picked up awards for Best Actor, Robert Gallagher, who will also appear in Claim Musical Society, current production of All Shook Up. A banger of a show. Great to be fair, yeah. Belter. There you go. That's, uh, that's Robert. Come Best around. Supporting Actor. Went to Luke Devaney. Yeah! Wow! And We've so, got it all out of winner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is this this, this Luke? I mean, surely it couldn't. I no. mean, in addition, yeah. Sam and Ella garnered the awards for best lighting and best presentation. So here I was trawling through the internet, me all reading articles from the Leinster Leader, and I come across this name, Luke Devaney, best supporting actor. I mean, Luke, you have a lot on. Surely you could not be involved with an All Ireland winning play in County Kildare on top of everything else. I actually was, believe it or is not. That you? That is you, the Luke Devaney. Uh, I well. Technically, see, I took part. I'm not really supposed to talk about this because there's a non-disclosure agreement in place. But I think it's probably but you know one listens to the show. Anyway. I think yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> I think it's probably the right time. Who's going to hear? But I actually took part in a pilot um, uh, cloning program uh, in, Ur- in Uruguay. 
last year uh, because I just couldn't get enough done. So I actually, I cloned myself. And uh, so I've been here tipping around Sligo doing my bits and my clone has been over uh, rehearsing this play in, in Leak Slip and touring the country. Cause, wow. Because uh, that's the only way you could do that. Because trying to take on uh, that much stuff at one time and also have a life, I mean, that'd be crazy. It would be <laughs> only madness. a mental person to do that. <laughs> only somebody with no sense <laughs> No would sense. Do that. I mean, no sense at all. So, um, Wow. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Congratulations. Ah, yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, that's just this weekend gone. That was Saturday night. And... Um, you know, it's one of those things. I I have a voice note here from Philip that he sent me a while ago, and he said he was kind of watching this the, Philip Byrne. Yeah, well, the, live, Philip. the live stream of the awards back, and kind of thinking at looking at it, kind of going, "Did I? Did that really happen? Did I? Did I enjoy that enough? Did I enjoy that <laughs> moment enough? I wasn't didn't really feel present because it was very surreal. Because um, you know, we were hopeful that we would do well, but um, we couldn't have." To sweep all those awards um, was just a real. Um, well, you say you couldn't have done any high. better, Luke, but you won six out of seven awards. Well, so you technically could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Did uh, you bring it to Tubber Curry? We did. We 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 did the festival in Tubber Curry. Um, what did you bring fir- to Sligo Town? First festival. We are terrible. No, we are mates. done now. Are you? We're finished. Oh my God, we are so finished. <laughs> like I knew, like we all knew that Luke was away doing this play. And not a single one of us went to say it. Like, none of us can... Yeah, but usually he's not great in the stage, you see. <laughs> we weren't expecting much of him, so we were like, I'll leave him to it. Yeah, the one play he's half decent in. Wasn't even a the... musical, Kieran. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been right up your street. What's the name of your theatre company? Sam and Ella. Okay, so Salmon, as in Salmon the Fish, and then Ella, the Irish word for other. other. Um, because uh, the, the brief history of the name, I think, is that there was... Uh, there is a theatre group in Leakslip called Bradon Players. Now, Bradon is the Irish for salmon. And Salmonella is an offshoot of that, so it's the other salmon. Excellent. That's the, that's the little story behind that. Did you notice a, a deleted message from me on your WhatsApp today? I barely noticed actual messages from me <laughs> on my WhatsApp. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a deleted one was going to fly right <laughs> on my radar. I sent you a message about 11 o'clock this morning because um, I remembered... You'd been on, your, your All-Ireland final was on last weekend. I said, how'd you get on? And then uh, I got to trawling the internet and I just <laughs> happened to come across this article. <laughs> and Luke hadn't seen the message yet. So oh, I got nice. to delete it. Yeah, perfect. Uh, before, before. Must have been a very targeted trawl of the internet, was it? When you say trawl, do you mean more like, uh, you Search know... Search Luke Devaney. Uh, 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 <laughs> a surgical <laughs> piece of fishing with a, a precise bit of bait on the no, end of the hook as opposed to a trawl. All. No, this just, this just must be all over the internet, man. I just came across it, you know. <laughs> fishing for salmonella. Oy! There you go. Oh, come round. Yeah. Up. <laughs> but Luke Luke was not the only in the lamplight member treading the boards over the past while. Mihal Carney. This Mihal. S- I saw the pop-up theater production of Hairspray over the Easter weekend recently and you were amazing. Thank I you, forgot Kieran. how much of a serious dancer you are. Oh my god. You're unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. And then when I go into tops, I can't move a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. 30%. Well, credit, credit, of course, must go to Rory here as well and the Temperhound crew who are also involved in the staging of this fantastic show. And we have director, producer, and all around brains behind the show, Karen Gordon, as our special guest today on the podcast. But first, Mihal, you may have survived the streets of Baltimore in hairspray. 
But how are the streets of Sligo this week? Right? Oh, he's good. He's good, isn't he? He's good. Talking to your average Joes A random question he will pose But he'll ask one never knows What's your favourite movie? Savoury or fruity? Do you like a sushi? Oh, it's me, Hall on the Well, lads, what's the crack? Streets Lads, I caught up with the cast and production team of Hairspray just after it was finished and I asked them what was their highlight of the show and what it was like to work with Pop-Up over the last couple of months. My favourite song to perform had to be Cooties. Had to be Nicest Kids. You're coming out with this burst of energy and just hitting the audience between the eyes. It was great. My favourite song to perform in Hairspray was definitely Run and Tell That. My favourite song to perform in the show was hands down Nicest Kids in Town. I just think the music in it is just amazing. My favourite thing about Pop-Up Theatre is their social media presence and their constant interaction with the Hairspray fans. My favourite thing about Pop-Up is the reactions of the audiences when they've seen the show and how impressed they are with the talent that Pop-Up brings to the stage. The thing I love most about Pop-Up Theatre is the whole family aspect. It's just so welcoming and fun to be a part of. So my favourite thing about pop-up theatre is I'm always so excited to hear what Karen Gordon is up her sleeve next in terms of creativity. I mean, it's never straightforward, ever. And it, I think that excites everyone. So we love pop-up because... We get free Robertos twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's me whole on the streets. <laughs> free Robertos twice a year. That is the reason I love pop-ups as well. Um, right, tell me this. So last, the reason I did that for me on the streets this time is because the last time I did those kind of ones was for the theme night in the car park, mm-hmm. and we got reactions from that. So I was like, "Hey, this is an easy way to go out in the streets and get a few vox pops." So I got sure, to ask yeah, you yeah, to tell yeah, us yeah. about their highlights. I'm um, not, uh, I'm not hearing a whole load of like traffic noise or horns. There or was lots of traffic any, anything noise. <laughs> on the streets. See, I'm in, in, fact, I'm in radio I, now, Luke, so I can really. Uh, <laughs> Mute all those outside noises and I can just you get a really You don't think I can spot that a mile away? I run a recording studio. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have an awful funny, sneaky suspicion that those weren't actually recorded on the streets at all. And my ears are so well-tuned at this stage that I, I reckon I can actually guess... What streets they were some on. Some of those were recorded. <laughs> yeah. Some of those were recorded both backstage and in the foyer of the Hawkswell Theatre. Would I be wrong? I'm not blushing and I'm not saying a thing, no. <laughs> Last time I checked, there's no streets inside the Hawkswell Theatre, but anyway. Okay. Oh, Luke. You just, you just have to bring the mood down, don't you? Every time. Um, here, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay, Hawkswell, fair enough. Hey, uh, tell me, what do you enjoy about Hairspray the most? Rory, start with you. Yeah, so I was involved in Hairspray. So I was involved from a design and technical point. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think I'll give it like a favorite, a favorite um, moment from that aspect um, because the show was great. The energy was insane. The dancing was class. The singing was great. The acting performances were great, and so on and so forth. It was a brilliant show. But I remember sitting with Karen Gordon uh, and Barry and I don't know if Vinny was there, but a few of the of the creative technical heads that were involved in making that show look a certain way. And Karen is great because she, she'll, she'll have like full printouts of what she wants things to look like and she'll have all ideas of what she'd like things to sound like and blah, blah, blah. She knows what she wants. And it's very hard sometimes when you come in after, like when you come in late into a project, so to speak, <clears throat> And you can't really visualise how this thing is going to look and sound. 
Uh, and so my favourite moment, I think, was possibly night one when the whole thing came together. You know, you have your your sound, your lights, your screens, your set dressing, your all of your characters were in costume. So for me, my favourite moment, uh, from my point of view, was just seeing the vision inside Karen's head come to life on the stage. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. She's a genius. I don't know how she got it from paper to on stage. I've never seen that come together as well like it was. Karen Gordon showed me the picture of the... Um, of the, what do you like? What do you call them big wooden things that are around the outside of the front of the stage? Do you know the name of them? The flats, like yeah, like, just the surrounds, like the big, the big colorful flats and things. Yeah, like what are, is there a name on them? The frame, like the frame, of the yeah, stage, well, yeah. There were frames around the edges, right? So she showed me a picture and it shows all the frames around the edges. And inside, I'm going, that's madness. You know, like I'm going, but like on the outside, I'm going, brilliant, yeah, absolutely. Let's see how this works. But inside, I'm going. This is mental. Like, I doubt so, you. There's so, yeah, yeah, almost, like, not necessarily doubting Karen, but just doubting the whole. Like, this is a lot. You know mm. what I mean? But uh, there's a bit of a like. There's a bit of a Brendan Tierney about Karen Gordon. <laughs> I mean, Brendan is a previous guest on here, and one of the things we said to him was like that. You know, if ten people had an idea, nine of them would go. Well, oh, jeez, I can't do that. Karen's kind of the same. And yeah, the big things like that. God, a lot of people could think of them. Sure. But a lot of people would go, I couldn't possibly do that. But Karen really goes for her ideas when she puts on shows, doesn't she? Yeah, no, more than Brendan, I think her default is yes rather than no. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so do we want to, can we do this? Yes. You know, we can. We'll figure out a way to do it. Um, but then also, which I find amazing, not putting any pressure on anyone. Because, yeah. you know, it's oftentimes you take part in a show and it's like, there's pr- you can feel the pressure. Mm. Karen's approach was more like, gosh, like we... We'll see what we can get done. And that nearly makes you go, Christ, right? We better get this done. Like, it's nearly in my hands now, you know, that kind of way. So, yeah, it was brilliant now. So that's my that's my moment. Lukey? Um, I loved the fire safety. Oh, the, yes. The, the video, the, the, the fire safety. I love a fire safety that's, like, done as part of the show or stylized to match the show. And they did a fire safety um, uh, in, like, in-character, black-and-white video of the of the era and I thought that was really cleverly done um, and I have to say as well I, I don't know who I don't really know who she was I don't know a lot of the people in the show because they're all a lot of them are younger than me and they're, the not, they're not people yeah. that I've crossed paths with doing musicals in Sligo most yeah. of them but the girl who played Penny Pingleton oh, will you was stop? out of this world will you stop she was unbelievable I love I feel so comfortable when I can sit in an audience and watch somebody and I know that the the building could fall down around them and everybody will be running for the exits and they're still going to be running to the exit in character yeah, yeah. Yes. you <laughs> just know that she she was never going to drop that character at no point did you ever see uh, what was the girl's name the Megan Kilcawley Megan, yeah, yes. Megan Kilcawley you're not watching Megan Kilcawley on the stage no. you're watching Penny Pingleton and I love that in a performance and it makes me feel so relaxed as an audience member like I can just enjoy this she Speaking about Megan 
I so I saw the show whatever how many runs did you six I saw the show six times in two texts so I saw it eight times yeah or maybe nine times it's enough isn't it it's, I saw it a good few times right <laughs> so at times you know I knew exactly what was coming and what was happening so I'd often find myself going I wonder what the penny character is doing now because yeah. because she could be in the back corner of the stage but still acting and, yeah. but her head was still bobbling she was still kind of like wiping down her dress kind of darkly yeah you know like she she was kind of like a kind of a nerdy character and that never broke and it was near, it nearly became a hobby of mine going wonder yeah. she's still in character and not once <laughs> did I find her out of character no. she was incredible no, from the from the word go like because rehearsals as much as any show like there's a lot of building character but from day one Megan was just 90% the character She like obviously Karen worked there a good bit but she just got it mm-hmm. I don't know unreal yeah Karen. yeah, yeah, yeah. Michal, I loved you, man. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. I did. I must Thank say. Thank you, Karen. I must say. <laughs> Rory? Like, put me on the streets in for the crack. Like. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, Thank no, God no, we got there. Me. I know. I have, I, have no, I have another thing to come to, but I did. I must yeah. say. Yeah. But you, the, the, your energy was, was, oh my God. I love, that's another thing I love to watch on stage is when I can see somebody, you know, using their arms or legs in a dance and I can see the energy going right down to the tip of their fingers and vibrating there at the end of their fingers there's no limp you know so you had that in spades man yeah. Mrs Fleming taught us well you see she did, <laughs> she did. There, it was almost so for people who haven't seen the show or don't know the show you played Link Larkin who is the character the kind of heartthrob for two of the prominent female characters Go within on, the show Go on, <laughs> suits you down to the ground yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but because this show was directly the directorial decision about this show is that it would be over the top colourful and so your character over what well, had to do the over the top stereotypes of the teenage heartthrob, so the puffed out chest and the coat hanger nearly inside your jacket, so your, your shoulders are always up and you're always combing your hair and you're always looking down the barrel of the gun every yeah. time you're looking at somebody. And to, even speaking about Penny, or the girl who played Penny, okay, you had a similar thing where it was like the second you came on, it was like you had rehearsed how your body should move yeah. to be that character, and it was so convincing, it was brilliant. No, no wasted motions, like everything you did look snappy and defined and there was never kind of there was never any doubt that you knew exactly what way you were supposed to be moving at any given time I just had to study John Travolta and Rory Maitland at the exact same time (laughs) just trying to get that groove that little swagger Uh, yeah Rory you're all to blame blame. it was brilliant man I loved watching you and um, I forgot I forgot how good a dancer you were do you, do you know Hall and Luke danced together on a team night once? Yeah. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Did we? Yeah. The, the Springsteen yeah, team the Springsteen night. Did we dance on that? You remember we did. Yeah, with that with your dad, with Paul Maitland. Yeah. 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 He did an actual choreographed dance. I no. have. Yeah. Well, there was bits of it that were kind of loosely yeah. choreographed. Oh, I remember it now. I saw that. With the yes. girls, yeah. With the Kirker girls. Yeah, but I just I just totally... And then all of a sudden, there's Hall and he's an unbelievable dancer. And Anyway, I loved that. I loved... And you know, I was sitting very near your sister, Emer. And so she was about three or four seats down from me and uh, she was there with her friends. And so Nixie said, my daughter said to me at the second half, just look at Emer, dad. So Emer was like, Watching you, mouth open, and her friends elbowing her, and like it was like, look at him. So it was brilliant to see how she was reacting to you as well. How, how long has it been since you? I know you did a you did a couple of musicals, Mad Sock shows in Maynooth, didn't you? Yeah, one. one. How, how long has it been since you've actually been on stage like that? Um, like in a full musical, probably 2018, April 2018, which is ah, five years, five years. Yeah. which is so weird. But to be honest with you, like it nearly made me. 
like before when Karen said about Hairspray and all that and I was like I actually have no interest in musicals whatsoever anymore like I just fell out of love with them but after doing that now five years later after my last one Buzz is back It's the right buzz is doing in. it Yeah Kieran Maybe we need to get you to do music. Yes. Maybe that might kind of get you get you a bit of a grog. <laughs> Hang on a second. I've never seen Karen Quinn make that face before. <laughs> it's like we put a banana in front of your face. Oh, rotten. I am so on for that. We yeah. have the connections and Karen has the connections to actually make that happen. Yeah. Uh, you'll understand then. That's what yeah, it is. That's You've it. never you done one. You're the only one you that hasn't been in one. You don't understand the buzz. <laughs> Maybe I have, lads. Have you? I'm trying to think. Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe good. We need it to be not. Panto doesn't count. I plays in school, but I don't know if it ever did a music. Panto doesn't count. I'm playing a bar on and a play doesn't count either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, no, I was watching, um, I was watching um, Adele, you, you know, this carpool karaoke yes. with James Corden. Yeah. I was watching that this morning. Adele hates musicals, lags. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying you have the, you have the, uh, the Grammy, you have the Oscar, you have the Emmy. Yeah. You know, surely you're going to go for the Tony now. She says, Fucking hate music. Which is strange <laughs> because a lot of her songs would not be totally out of place in in a musical. Some of the I stuff, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. As in the power, the the kind of strong female leads power ballad in the middle of a musical yeah. sounds but like an then, Adele song. But you look at this, Kieran, loads of the stuff that you write wouldn't be out of place in Correct. a musical either. Yeah. Correct. Ah, no, I'm convinced now that this is a good idea. Kieran, we're going to get you in a musical. I wonder what we can do here about that. Hmm. Well, Rory, you recommend something one day now and we'll see. Oh, we'll see, yes. we'll see, we'll see Rory recommends that Kieran does music. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, musical so even better. That'll be Kieran. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> I do just one more thing to say about hairspray, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. And it's it's I won't um I wasn't I wasn't here for Karen's interview, so I didn't get to ask her. But I love how she gets the best out of her cast. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really brilliant feature to have as a director. Yeah. You know, um like there was a lot of I knew a lot of the, the younger people in that show because I would have seen them during teenage team nights and to see the difference in them or to see what they're capable of having had months with Karen, I thought was was amazing to see, do you know? And I think that's just a thing that Karen has, you know, and she, you know, she could, she, 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 she can, she can work with an amazing cast or she can work with a really young inexperienced cast. And equally, do you know, she'll get the best out of them. Do you know what I think just, that is? Go on, yeah. So I was, I was uh, one of the leads in Pop-Up Theatre's first musical, The Full Monty. Karen didn't direct that, but Karen was the producer and she got in uh, Anya Gilmore to direct it. But the thing about Karen Gordon is, Karen is in the trenches with her cast and with her crew. Mm-hmm. So rather than being removed from it, she's on the ground as part of the unit. Yeah. And like anyone who's done a musical, you know all about this soon, Karen. is that like... <laughs> Uh, when like you play musicals, does that count? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, 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 no. no, no, no. So, <laughs> so you become a unit and you move as a unit. And, and no more than a football team, you'll notice from the football team. But it's a bit like, the, like a manager stepping out, like talking out and playing for you in the county final. You know, that kind of a way. And you, on, you feel that respect for them because they're in the trenches with you. And Karen does that very right. well. Well, that's great. Great yeah. leadership, isn't it? She yeah. get, well, she gets amazing results, in fairness. Yeah. She gets yeah. amazing. I heard she whips the cast. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> whips us? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, heard I she, wish. I heard she, <laughs> <laughs> 
I heard I heard she throws little I heard she throws little little thumbtacks at you and pours shampoo in your eyes every time you make a mistake. Is that true? What are you getting at here? Oh, I don't think so. Alright, I think it's time to end the conversation. That got so weird so Speaking quick. of Karen Gordon. <laughs> Here's the chat. <laughs> Will we get into it, so? We'll get into it. Mm, we'll get into okay. it. We are sitting here in studio. <laughs> in studio. <laughs> in studio. Uh, sitting here in studio at Grange <laughs> with uh, the wonderful Karen Gordon. Yay! Hey, exactly. Uh, Kieran Quinn is not here because he hates musicals and he's... Uh, yeah, he gave us like a reasonable <laughs> excuse, but uh, to be fair... No, he, well, he gave you an excuse, did he? He gave me... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into it, but it sounded reasonable, but also way too coincidental to the fact that it's a musical kind of based mm-hmm. interview. What did he say to you? I can't tell you. It seems personal. Well, I'll tell you what he said to me. He said, I'm not wasting my evening to come, to come out of the studio and talk about that musical shite. That's what he said to me. Yeah. In fairness, he had enough on Monday with us, or Tuesday, when we were yeah. out here. We did, like, the chat that we were having. We want was to, a lot of musicals. We want to get him, Karen, mm-hmm. to do a musical. Because we think that's why he... To write one from scratch. No, no, no. To be, to be, to be in, in one. Because one. Oh. we think that's why he, he, he just hasn't had the experience yet. Yeah. He, he hasn't had the full, to, yeah. yeah. So we reckon. So maybe that's something that you could help us with in the in the future. Help wear him down, Jenny. To course, Kieran Quinn into into doing a musical. It's um, on. Uh, one bit of uh, truth for you here at the start. Uh, we have done absolutely no prep uh, <laughs> to sit down here and uh, talk to you tonight whatsoever. But uh, I think the same can't be said for you. When you put your mind to putting on a show, yeah, oh, for sure. then that uh-huh. sounds like something you put a lot of thought yeah. into. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> Karen isn't here, so somebody has to do the, the segues. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're fresh off the back of uh, another massively successful uh, production. You staged Hairspray in the Hawkswell Theatre a few weeks back. How do you feel now that you are? On the on the come down, tired, <laughs> tired, but. Uh, ecstatic like it's that's the funny thing I find about um, producing anything is it's build up build up build up and then it's on it's panic and then it's over and then you're like yeah, I know. oh yeah that happened actually <laughs> like, yeah. you're kind of like trying to man the rehearsals you're trying to make sure everyone's prepped and everyone's organised and it's all where it's supposed to be then it's when you're doing the producing side of it as well it's like the logistics and the set delivery and the costumes and all that kind of stuff and then you get to enjoy maybe two nights of it I remember sitting in the green room on the Friday night with a glass of wine being like I just need tonight for myself yeah <laughs> for sure I just need to like <laughs> enjoy every bit of it as if I was an audience member because then it's like it's the Sunday and before you know it you're on to truck drivers and it's the get out and it's over and then a month later you're still doing admin so there's there's that sweet spot of it being like maybe two days in the middle where you're like this is class we did it and then it's like oh man back into the hard work again but it has to be done and I, it I sounds really worth it you know six months of intensely hard work followed by a month of intensely hard work for 45 minutes in the yeah, middle yeah, in the yeah. green room with a glass of wine you know yeah. you can actually just go for a glass of wine without all the hassle love yeah. <laughs> remind me of that next time we do one Karen being in the cast we knew that you directed but what else were you doing behind the scenes because I feel like you were just doing everything whether it be production whether it be everything tell us the the production side is arguably the harder of the two jobs because when you're directing you're in the you're in with the cast and you're doing what you love and you're rehearsing you're having the crack and you're seeing people come on and the music and everything else but the production 
side of it is everything else. So you have to get, you have to set, design the set, organize the costumes, hire the production team, hire the technical team, uh, the program, the hair and makeup, like organizing the rights and making sure everyone gets paid afterwards. Like it's, it's a lot of admin. So it's, and you only kind of get that hour maybe or two in between your day job and the rehearsal to kind of do it or a Sunday. So there's no downtime, but it's the more cumbersome of the two jobs but it has to be done and it's so worth it then when you see it all coming together. Not in the moment sometimes. <laughs> in hindsight. In hindsight. <laughs> Looking back on it, it's great, I know, but it is, it's It's the more kind of administrative heavy version, um, but and I love it. Like so many, you know, musical societies and, and groups up and down the country will have separated what you just described into like jobs for two or three people. Mm. Yeah. Um, two or three. Literally yeah, a full yeah. committee of ten. Yeah. So, so, so uh, why are you mental? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you know, I just, I, when I started with Pop Up, I was like, I just, I love the idea of just doing a project and I'm a very bad delegator. I will admit that mm. I could be way better at that. I'm very like, well, by the time I'd have uh, someone told me what to do, I'd have done myself, you know, that kind of way, yeah. which is not the way to be either. But um, I just love the idea of the whole thing of Pop Up anyway, is just doing a project when there's a gang of people who just really want to do a, like Full Monty was like that with Rory, you know, you knew it was like, let's just do the Full Monty this summer and it kind of, you, you just started and you, you do the project and it gets and and that but um I always feel like if I if I'm not willing to do it myself I wouldn't visit it on somebody else so yeah. I, I hate saying to people would you mind taking on this huge job and doing it in your spare time for free thanks very much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's do a it hard myself. sell it's, it's a very hard, hard sell <laughs> yeah part of the perks absolutely none you're going to be wrecked all the time but it's great crack <laughs> so it's like for 45 uh, minutes at one point you're going to have it's 45 really minutes really in, nice in the green room yeah. of the Hawks with the glass wine and you're yeah. going to you're going to cherish that that 45 minutes but no and people do offer I'm just really bad at but I will eventually get better at delegating it to other people Bring us back to the full Monty when pop-ups started. Because I imagine when you're starting pop-up theatre, it's kind of like starting up a business. Like there's an awful lot of risk involved. Mm. Like why start up pop-up theatre? Like, I, I just want to make a mental note for myself before you answer that question. <laughs> Not a mental note so much as an audio note to remind myself when I'm editing this that we might have a little look for uh, a picture of Rory uh, in the full Monty for our Lamplight social <laughs> yeah. media this week. Well, yeah. For the right price, yeah. I can get you so, the full DVD of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, we can, and we can screen grab any frame wishes. Let's do anyway, it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah, it's a pop-up theatre. Like, that's, yeah. that's a mad risk to take on. It is, but it's funny. Like, I wish I had better foresight of these risks entailed because I am very like, it'll be fine, it'll be great crack and we'll do it. And it's it's uh, it's not the best business uh, strategy to have. Yeah. It'll be grand, it'll be great crack. But, you know, it actually has worked out in a way because you wouldn't take some of the risks if you didn't just say, look, you have to have a, you have to take a bit of a leap of faith with it and, and say, right, I hope I'm going to sell out and it's going to cost X. And if we sell out, we still won't make it. So let's do this, this and this to make the shortfall. And um you just have to kind of do it and hope that it works. And it did. Now we we had the that year we did the full Monty, we had no pun intended, a ball. Because we did it in Sligo and then we did it in, in Boyle as well. Did she? Yeah, we ran it in we ran it for two nights up in Boyle as well. We went on tour with it and it was just such a laugh. No such way. a laugh. And then once you do it and you're kinda of like it was it was a risky enough show, it was an adult show. Um and then we didn't do anything again until 2019 with Chicago. Chicago. So we had a, a couple of years of a break. You can't but really rely on, like for Hairspray, I suppose, it's kind of like a family show and you can rely yeah. on like families coming and big numbers. But for the full Monty, you are relying on over 18s. Oh, like that is full, tough yeah. on ticket sales, I imagine. Oh, major, we lost a good bit of money on the full Monty. And I look back and I think, God, I'm surprised it didn't put me off. 
as much as it probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be doing no this, but here I am. It, but for the first, I think, was it the first two nights we didn't have any men? And we did a huge amount of promotion. We did the photo shoot down at the dock and yeah. we did like Sligo TV at the time. It was a thing. And we were trying to say to people, it's the film. It's the exact same story as the film. It's set in America and the, actually the soundtrack is class. Um, but no one seemed to. And then when we got out and they started filming, but by then it was too late. It's too late. People yeah. were it's expecting not a strip show, yeah. yeah. People were expecting Channing Tatum and they got bloody Rory May. <laughs> yeah. like, Even mother- better. How lucky were they? <laughs> yeah, My sorry. mother got a phone call and it was like, I don't think I'll make the show, but what time does the strip happen? And she was like, yeah, we're not selling this person a ticket. <laughs> 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 they were just in for the finale. Like, I go. think what happened with the full Monty is though that a lot of hen parties and groups of yeah. women came expecting one thing yes and then leaving having experienced something else and you know Ex- expecting the old Chippendale kind yes. of yeah. and yeah. you know what kills me about it is it's such a men's show it's a story about men's stories and men's insecurities For and sure. what they have to go through and being the breadwinner of the household in those particular stories and you know, like Dave's story and Harold's story, you know, he had to pretend he was working and he wasn't. And it's a story for men. It was such a shame it didn't get more men. We'll have to do it again. We'll just have to do it again. <laughs> I, you know what? It's it's funny. I think, you know, the, the point that you make there is a really important point when it comes to the, the misconceptions about mm. musicals. Because The Full Monty is a great example of a story that is, no matter who you are, especially as a man, like, mm. and you go and watch that show, you'll resonate with some element of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it brings you down this big kind of garden path of all these problems that men face. And you're so right. All the, like the people that came expected something different. Yeah. And if we had more time, you know, know. just as you say, we'll just have to do it again. It was a risky one to start with because I think if we had been a bit more established, they would have known we wouldn't have just done it for a, a gimmick that we would have been doing it for the right reasons and it was, yeah. you know, and, and probably more, we know more about promoting stuff better and stuff. Yeah. We had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> we had a ball. We had a fantastic time. <laughs> it was just, yeah, that was the only one I regret. I wish more people had seen it. Another myth about musicals maybe that maybe we could dispel right now sure. is the amount of people that walk away from a sold out Hawkswell theatre or equivalent after watching a show and, and have gone, oh my God, they're raking in yeah, hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> they must be making so much money on this. You have no idea how wrong you are. You could not be further wrong. Mm. You're lucky if you break even. Actually, on that point, I might just ask Karen something because you said something earlier and I'd love to bring it back. You said, we look at the ticket sales and know that even if we sell out, we won't make back the money that Mm. it costs to put Mm. this on. So we've got to come up with other ways of making the shortfall. Mm -hmm. How does that feel as a producer to know that even if you sell every ticket... Mm you won't make the money back that you've spent on it. It's awful tough because, especially in our world, I think we we get a, I'm an awful advocate for amateur theatre and I could talk about it all day. Um, but in the amateur world, we, we work full time. Like I have a 40 hour a week job, yeah. nine to five Monday to Friday. Um, and then we teach at weekends to make up, to just try and make any kind of, any profit we make from that, it goes into a kitty and that goes in. And even then, even if you do that for a year, it probably doesn't cover the cost of what it costs to put on a show. If, if you want a good show and you, you have to invest in costumes or you have to get a set, you're straight away, you, it's just like ching, 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 ching. You yeah, can feel it going up and up and up. And when I sit down for the full next professional cell, band. Full and, band and, and the rights. And lighting guy. Lighting, sound. sound. Guy. Yeah, it's it's not like you're talking light, you're talking sound for 
a 12 piece orchestra and a 25 person. Vinnie Higgins isn't cheap. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he is a robbery, Vinnie. You're right. <laughs> I defended you, Vinnie, when nobody else did. <laughs> it is. It's, it's just, it's no joke. And I always feel like there's, and people don't realise that we don't get funding. Mm. Yeah. And people always say, oh, she must get loads of funding. And I, we approached them years ago. I approached them years ago. And this person said to me, they're like off the record, they were like, I would throw the money at what you do because to put on a musical, you're talking bare minimum 40 grand. Yeah. I mean, for a show where you have to throw a little bit of bells and whistles at it, if you want to put on a decent show, you're looking at easily 40 grand. And she said, I just, to in the eyes of the grants people, it's a hobby yeah. for you. It's not your bread and butter, which is fair. But it's an awful pity that I always think like it's an awful pity we couldn't be like VAT exempt or something, you know, that there wasn't something out there that they could Because at the end of the day, like the amateur work provides massive professional work. Yeah. It's text, it's band, it's band. all that and, stuff. And not even that, but like I've often thought about it that not even funding it from like an arts perspective, mm-hmm. funding it from like a a community involvement, community enhancement, Absolutely. social program perspective. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've all here, all four of us, been involved in shows mm. so many times in our lives. And we all know what a fantastic like social experience that is. Yeah. Yeah. You make new friends and there's personal development there. And to me, that is just as good a reason mm-hmm. for funding something like that as is it or is it not art, functional art, professional art, you know, yeah. that the whole the whole model of of what we fund and why we fund it is very much outmoded. I, I think yeah. at the moment, people 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 <laughs> don't realize how many people you employ That's when it, you. Yeah. It's outrageous. If if you don't work in the tech world of uh, stage shows, mm-hmm. you won't see a stage ever when it's being set when the get in is on yeah. and there's there's carpenters, mm-hmm. electricians, lighting guys, sound guys. There's any amount of uh, truck visual drivers truck drivers. And, yeah. Just the amount of people milling about. All them people have to be paid. So yeah. Construction. Someone from maybe made made costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had posters designed. Programs. You've had them printed. Yeah. All programs. All the staff that work in the theatre that are there with that show for the few nights uh, you, you pay somebody to come in and, and record your DVD so the yeah. cast have that out. You, you know like there is band, literally it's outrageous like thousands yeah. of euros worth of employment going out to people who are more often than not from your local area mm. yeah yeah you know? it really is like and a lot of people will do and they're do you solid no matter where you look mm. people are great but still have to be they still have to be paid you know and, and you wouldn't see them stuck for anything and you try and give everyone mm. what they're worth and you hate talking people down you know you hate being like oh any chance of you know you, you want to give them what they're yeah. what they're worth and the time they put in and as you said they're all lo- they're all local all local like those musicians are all local half of them are under 18 yeah like we're just so blessed to have oh my the God, talent what talent like a lot of people would have to go outside their county to get what we're able to do we can, we can do the whole show from scratch in house in Sligo yeah it's unbelievable and I think we, we definitely need to talk a little bit more about the show in a few minutes but first I want to ask you um, I'm sure you know Brendan Tierney I do you know Brendan Tierney yes I do uh, we had Brendan on the podcast a few months ago and we were talking to him about the comedy festival that he hosts and he had a really successful one this year a few months ago and one of the things we asked him was, um, uh, you know, if 10 people had the idea to, to maybe maybe we could put on a comedy festival, nine of them would probably go, oh, but you could never do that. Mm. The logistics of that, and, you, you know, and they'd talk themselves out of it. And Brendan goes, why not? I'm going to give it a go. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're similar in, in, in the, you know, the shows that you pick and, the you know, 
the standards that you set for yourself to achieve with those shows and the projects that you take on. So like, what do you think it is about you that makes you maybe the one person out of 10 who would say, no, let's do the full Monty or like the, the stuff that you did with Hairspray that I've never seen in, in another production of Hairspray with, with the screens. You know, we can elaborate on that. Roy was involved in that, but there was there were these, um, you know, television screens for the television portions of the thing so you could watch it as if it was a black and white 90. You know, that was so much above and beyond what you need to do within the mm-hmm. scope of the show. But obviously your head went there and you said, yeah, I'm going to do that. What What is it that you think makes you kind of I suppose brave enough to take those risks oh well thank you first of all <laughs> thank you uh, well you have the likes of Rory Maitland on your doorstep you have to use him like he's great he's so creative oh, <laughs> so, stray cat yeah so, <laughs> actually we may as well throw him in our job if you like. <laughs> do you know I just I I wish I cared about anything else in life as much as I care about music theatre. Okay. Like anything at all, any level of professionalism that I put into it, like if I could apply it to any other part of my life. But I just, I love it so, so, so much. Like I really do. And I just, it's something that I just, if, I, if I'm going to do something, I just feel you need to do it right. You have to just throw the kitchen sink at it. And it's, you find yourself being like, well, you could have done, like as you said, you could do something simple. And you're like, yeah, but I could, I'll be sitting at the back of the hall being like, why didn't we just... Like the easiest route is not always the best route to anything. Yeah. Sometimes the way if you want to get something really good out of it, you have to, you know, this is they would say it on Broadway, like they say you have to eat nails, you have to eat nails all the time. And it might take the extra week of staying up till one o'clock in the morning doing the bit of admin to try and pull something off or whatever. But I just, I just love the idea of creating that world and that space. And I'll do whatever I need to do, even if it's means working at a camp at Christmas with my one week off a year, I'll do it to raise the money to do it. It just, if you're going to do it, you have to do it right. And that just means you go into it being like, I'm going to be fucking wrecked <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to be broke. Well, let yeah. me ask but you. But you know, going in. You are a producer, you're a director, you have been in countless amounts of musicals. You spend all year planning and producing these uh, along with your 40 hour a week job, as you said. You're a powerhouse of musicals and you obviously love them. Why? Where did it come from? Where did your love of musicals come from? Oh, do you know, I, I just, I always, I remember looking at Singing in the Rain when I was younger and just being like, oh my God, that is just the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. It's the music, but it's what it does to people. You know that feeling? I always go back to that feeling, you know, when you were a child and you were walking out of the cinema and the big score was playing and you were like real main character walking you know, like yeah. that with those TikToks where you're like I'm a changed person and this is my life now I'm a superhero but I live for that moment sure that literally I can I can feel it as if it happened yesterday walking out of a thing and being like I, I just wasn't in Sligo for three hours that was that was magic like yeah, that really yeah. happened like and I love the idea of doing that on stage and if you do it right everyone should leave the theatre feeling like God, I didn't feel like I was in the Hawks there for two hours. Because I always feel like you don't know what people have going on in their life. When you go to see a show, you're going to get away from the world for two hours and you just want to enjoy it. But there's something about musicals. It's the music, it's the lights, it's the costumes, it's the story. It, it's just so rich. It has everything in it. And some of the best shows are like just, it's just the most incredible experience. So I love that feeling. If you can make people feel like that when they're walking out the doors, you know, the band are playing and the doors open in the auditorium, people come out and they're like, oh, that you're like, yes, I will do every single sleepless night again, all over again, just for that, for that buzz. Like, I just love it. And I think there is that kind of, um, there is that kind of, I suppose, a common appeal to the kind of the musical format in the sense that we nearly get trained to like that as kids with 
you know, I suppose Disney movies with mm. songs in them and, and a lot of the stuff mm. that we're presented with as educational content when we're young has a bit of song and then a bit of the talking and stuff. And then the musical is kind of like a... um it's like a more evolved version of that then, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, there's something in it that nearly everybody can appreciate. Unless you're Kieran Quinn, of course. Because he just thinks they're <laughs> shite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the panto villain. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to Hairspray, I want to ask a question. Um, during our Hairspray rehearsals, like Karen was up to the walls with everything, with admin, with directing, with producing, with everything, right? But on the 13th of March, I just oh, had Jesus, to look it up. I just had to look it up there before I went in. <laughs> Everyone in Ireland was going to bed thinking, Jesus Christ, I hope to God, this is so off the cuff, but I hope to God Banshees of Inishirin win an Oscar tonight. Sure. I hope on <laughs> Colleen Kuhn win an Oscar tonight. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you stayed up for the Oscars. I did. But it wasn't for either of those films. No. You were praying <laughs> for one fella. What is it about Elvis and what is it about Austin Butler that you adore? <laughs> I just That's don't. A call out I just don't. Uh, get it. I just don't. I retract that statement. I'm obsessed with Baz Luhrmann. Oh, is well, okay. I'm now obsessed. I'm with you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say Austin Butler stuck. Any day of the week. <laughs> now, I have to say, though, I think it was still one of the greatest acting performances because it's very easy to write that performance off as, like, because it's Elvis is the most, like, impersonatable character in the whole world, in, sure. uh, in the history of everything. And he managed to just completely... The skill it took to, to bypass being able to do that. Anyway, I could be here all day. He was robbed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> robbed of that Oscar. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't parody Elvis. Like, he didn't. He, you know. he just... Yeah. How do you make... Like, they said Priscilla Presley... I think they're going to have to cut all this out now because I'll be on a rant for 20 minutes. No, keep going, keep yeah. going. We're loving it. Priscilla Presley couldn't speak for two hours after she watched it because she's like, it just felt like she, he got him in a way no one else did. Anyway, uh, yeah. Robbed. He didn't com. do an impression of somebody no. doing an impression of Elvis. Yeah. He, he did Elvis. He just got who he was. Yeah. It was like a seance. It Apparently wasn't like he a, watched hours of Three footage years. yeah just watching and yeah. watching and just making sure that he got every movement correct every come, nuance come here yeah. let's start with a bit of a call <laughs> out there so but I'm like, totally with you yeah. like, I feel like Karen could do the exact same for Elvis how many times have you seen it 25 times is that not insane yeah, sorry you've seen the film yes Elvis. cut all this out I have straight cred to think about <laughs> Then no you should not time. come on yeah, this yeah, podcast because yeah. I asked someone yesterday and I was like, "How many times has she actually seen it?" Yeah, twenty. Now, now bear in mind, it was on in the cinema like for over like nine months. <laughs> so when you spread it out, it's actually not that many times. No, Karen. No, <laughs> the, the people in the cinema must say it not must have got again. to the point where it was like Just let an in. old man walking into his local <laughs> and um, uh, Smithic Seamus. You must have been going into yeah, the yeah, cinema. Yeah, Elvis, Karen. Elvis, yeah. Elvis and, and the large speed popcorn. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Grand. You're just like, yeah, like, yeah, thanks very much. Hello no, again. In my defence, right, it was made for the big screen and I am obsessed with Baz Luhrmann. I think Baz Luhrmann is, he's a genius. Like he cannot put a foot wrong. And this, have you, did you see it? Did you see it on the big screen? Yeah. You made me, you made me. Yeah, that's true actually. Yeah. <laughs> Part of your research. Yeah. yeah. She was running out of people to go with. Yeah, yeah. No, but it wasn't was research. It was just, you need to see this film, but sure, you may as well bring a bit of Elvis into yeah, Link yeah, Larkin yeah. while you're at it. Like. <laughs> as if Baz Luhrmann needs the, the coins and I'm trying to get people going to see it. Like, but I feel no, like I can only imagine. Yeah, I'll tell him it's for research. And that, that, yeah, that'll yeah, give yeah. me company to go at least one more time. And I'll be 
Claire be like, me, huh? Oh, <laughs> 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 sure, we Walk in and there's a seat reserved, Karen Gordon. We just kept it for nine months. But it was just like, the way he, I have to say, in my darkest hours of doing the hairspray, I always used to think like, what would someone like, Baz like, no, I'm not comparing myself to Baz. <laughs> I'm not, that's not what I mean. What I, what I mean is, surely to God, he faces moments where he's like, this is really, really hard and it's not worth it. But when you see it, they pull together, you know, like people like him obviously face way darker times. I, think, I hear myself say this and I'm like, cut it, cut it, cut it. No, 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 no I, I think, say, I think you know you're I mean? right. I think on whatever level you're at, yeah. you, you know, like you, you, you put on large scale musicals, whatever way you want to look at it. Mm. They're expensive. They're stressful. There is a lot of people counting on you mm. and there's a lot of arses going to be sitting in seats looking at your work. Yeah. It's the same feeling yeah. that Baz Luhrmann would have. Yeah. 100%. And so for you to be able to motivate yourself <laughs> that way, I'm on your side because I'll be making you're ads. I'll be making If that works for you, yeah. you, do, you, do, you do you, hon, you do you. I'll be making a little spec ad in my house for like a bottle of aftershave, thinking to myself, <laughs> would James Cameron now, would he, what way would he move towards this? Yeah. So I think, yeah, look, I'm on your side, Karen. So right? bravery is not the word you're looking for in here, it's pure delusion is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, yeah. you know, Sligo benefits from it, yeah, is, is all I can say. Sligo benefits from your... Delusion. <laughs> Back into um, Columbus then for six months. So, uh, as Roy mentioned, putting on large scale shows. Let's get to let's get to your most recent one, which was Hairspray. How um, how are you feeling about that now? Are you are you far enough removed from it now that you have some degree of hindsight, or I suppose some perspective on on what you achieved? What's your where's your head at on it now that the dust is settling? Um, it's funny. Uh, you don't I don't think you see it as the way other people see it. Um for me it's still very much like I still have admin to wrap up. So that's kind of where I am now. And I'm like, great, it's done and I just want to make sure that everyone's covered and you know that it's it's closed boxed off and everything is back where it's supposed to be. And I think it'll still be another little kind of while, maybe another month or so before I'm able to just sit back and go, oh my God, we did it. Like and you can watch the DVD with everyone and then you can kind of relax and look back on it and see what everyone else saw. Cause I always think when you like we were down in the back for the whole thing, myself and Rory, and you're very much like, is that is that the right cue for that light or did she come in from the right way you still don't get to really you're never off you off duty with mm-hmm. it but I like even I was looking back at the pictures you sent last week and I was like god when the when the brain fog goes down and the, the adrenaline starts to lower but you're kind of like oh my god I can't believe we we did it like you know and yeah. it, I think you need a wee bit of distance <clears> from it so I'm still kind of in the thick of it but I'm just I could not be prouder of everyone because we when we go in we go in like a hundred mile an hour from day one like we mm-hmm. start in November and it doesn't finish until nearly the middle of April mm-hmm. and on day one it's like this if you're on the train you have to be on the train or you're under the train like yeah it goes this is starting at a hundred mile an hour and that's it and then nobody not one person let me or anybody else down they were just down for the cause they worked so hard we have a great, great production team with Neve and Thomas. We have great technical team. Bar- nothing was too much hassle for the likes of mm-hmm. Barry. He'd just come in and he'll do whatever. And like, Rory, you're the same. Like, all I asked you to do was one or two little things. And you're like, do you know what would be a great idea? Which I hate when Rory does. So I'm like, that would be a great idea. <laughs> the next thing it turns into like a big thing. But um, yeah, I, I, I can never, I don't think I'll ever be able to articulate for this show or any other show how grateful I am to people. And I feel like I say the words, but it probably doesn't land 
as as heavy as I mean it. Like it's you couldn't do it with, without. You'll everybody. never know how grateful we are for you as well. Oh, You'll stop. never know. That's on behalf of the whole cast and the production team. Like oh. you're just unbelievable to work stop. with. Oh, no, you stop. are. You're just. You're unbelievable. Like, Actually, I'll, never I'll, fill, I'll fill the fill the listeners in on on what it's like to work with Karen Gordon. Right. <laughs> no. So. I'm going to ask you in a while about how, how you motivate people because, but we'll come back to that now in a second. But when you land in, I don't know what it's like as a cast member, but as a, produ- like, well, I do know what it's like as a cast member, but not on the last one. Yeah. On the last one, I was part of the production team and like little cards get left on your counter and it's a little handwritten note from Karen to thank you and say like, best of luck. And there's sweets left beside your, your workstation. Mm. And then on the final night, there might be like a little bottle of wine left under the thing <laughs> and another little note saying thanks so much for your heart work and it's just it's constant gratitude from Aww. you all and it's so it's so different to working with nearly anyone else because Aww. usually it's like it's stress city right to the very end and then it's like thanks very much well done with you it's all the way through thank you so much for your work blah blah and I just Aww. I think everyone appreciates it but I wanted to ask you sorry <laughs> before before we get in with your questions your your casts are so motivated Aww. like they're so, but like I've never seen casts that are so they want nothing but perfection. Yeah. And how do you, as their director, leader, producer, whatever way you want to call it, how do you motivate them to be to be like that? And to I'm act telling like you, she whips them. <laughs> and, has and to be. I won't deny that. <laughs> That's why he wears a full sleeve top on. There's no bruises. That man has flogging scars yeah. all over his yeah. back right now, Michal. Yeah. Oh, he's so tender. Yeah. <laughs> I went easy on you the last time. Um... I think I think working for an American corporation was a real um, eye opener for me in terms of how I've worked with really great managers and leaders who are who come from that very like positive reinforcement, and I would be very naturally very like that anyway. But I think if you're when you're doing when you're bringing people in on day one and you're saying right, you have to give up pr- pretty much your life for the next five months. <laughs> it's not an easy task. So you, first of all, you have to be very clear about what the project entails, and you have to say, look. This is no joke, but if you do this, this is where we're going to end up. And you could end up with a project that you're super proud of personally um, and collectively. We're going to create real magic here and you, you, you want nothing but that. And you, you'd say that to people and you're like, are you with me? And are we going to do this? And then people I find are very, would pop up, especially like from from my perspective, it's the only one I've ever really managed. They, they come in and they're like, right, let's do it. So straight away they're motivated and I think you just have to be very respectful of people's time and the effort they're putting in. Again, they're all working full time and I think because I spent more time where they are as someone who'd be very shy and very insecure about being on stage, knowing that they need as much support as possible and they also need to be told if something isn't working in the most respectful way. They're all adults at the end of the day as well. And you just need to be like, okay, look, let's try this. This is just isn't landing at the minute. It might be my fault, but let's try this and let's do it. And then it's about positively reinforcing that all the time. Um, and just having the the balance of saying like the expectation is that you have to be here. You can't slack off. Like if you're slacking off, I won't be long telling you either. It's just you have to be there and be involved. But then when people are, which they always are, it's about kind of go team, you know, that kind of like getting yeah. everyone but that, riled up. that radiates <clears throat> from the stage though. Oh. You know, when you go and watch a pop-up theatre show, uh, that, the fact that the cast are so loyal and so motivated, oh. they're, they're motivate, motivated both to do their best for you, ah, but you have also motivated them in such a way, motivated them in such a way that they want to do their best 
for themselves. It's like it's like self-supporting motivation. One just feeds the other, and you can just feel that oh, energy radiating nice. off the stage. Um, I was at a table read one time with Karen Gordon, who <laughs> sat on the far side when we were all going to start reading our parts. For people who've never been in a, in a show, oftentimes you'll sit with the cast and just read through the lines. You'll take two hours aside and you'll read through the lines. But Karen sat at the top of the table and she said, I just want to tell you something about Pop-Up. We are amateur in name only. Everything (laughs) we do from this point out is professional. We will be bringing a professional show to the Hawkswell. I could have kicked the doors off the hinges at that (laughs) point. I was like, yes, we are. Let me out. Let me out. Yeah, you're not getting paid, but it's going to be great, Brandon. But your cast, especially, like, I haven't even watched any of the other productions with Pop-Up, oh. but, like, every single person bust a gut for you. Like, oh, they're the best. They're like, really but I, and I, that's why I will I will bust my guts to try and make sure that, like, I won't sleep unless the costumes are right. And I won't, you know, I won't rest until, like, I, I stay up all night worrying if... I couldn't get the right hairspray for you and I tried everywhere to try and get like a hair colour for you and I was just like Mm. you want to leave because I take the responsibility if people are paying money to see a show very seriously like there's nothing like there's nothing worse than seeing and I've been to many shows across the country and and (laughs) in certain parts of the country every (laughs) single show that's ever been on across the country every second day Karen Gordon's Instagram has another program taking in her story like oh look if there's a sniff of a musical in a back arse town of Ireland Karen Karen Gordon is sitting in the auditorium she's going to support and support the raffle and throw them in at the support I love a good raffle I never win them but it's nothing worse than seeing people who don't oh yeah seen that before too where they don't take seriously it's a disrespect to everything to to your audience and being hung over and I I know we have a bit of I say we I have a bit of reputation for saying look if you're doing the show can you just not drink for the week yeah Yeah. I've been seeing my fair share of shows again down Far afield, and I went to see one. Name them, Karen. It was. I went to see one, and it was. We'll say like night three of a nine night run, and they were hanging. And we had travelled about two and a half hours to see it. And I was like, really? You couldn't have just left that? They were ropey. They had no energy. The blurry eyes. I was like, that'll never happen on my watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll have people drunk for three days after. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but oh, there'll be time. Oh, there'll be time. <laughs> there'll be time. Yeah, yeah, we'll make yeah. the time, yeah. Um, the last big question I want to ask you is about the, the, the creative direction that you took to production in particularly visually because I think anybody that went to see it uh, will know that it was an absolute visual feast oh, you were just assaulted by colours <laughs> the second the second the, 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 the show opened you know um, and the costumes the costume style the makeup style with that kind of the, the pop art kind of the whole thing I've never seen another production of Hairspray oh. stylized in, in in quite that way um, what what gave you the kind of idea to go at it like that as opposed to the more kind of, I suppose, naturalistic uh, presentation of the show? Where did that inspiration come from? Um, well, it was my my third time to do Hairspray. Mm. I, I produced it in 2011 with the Star Factory, which is my kids' group. Yeah, I think my sister was in that show, actually. Was she? Yeah, I think she was. Oh, my you, God. Yeah, she was in the course of that show. Oh, my God. I'll have to read out the pictures of that now and see if I can find oh. her. <laughs> there was like 190 children in that show. That's bringing back to mind. Um, but I was in it in Boyle. I played Tracy in Boyle in 2016. And you know when you've done a show a couple of times and you're just like, God, I'd love to do something a little bit different with it. But yeah. I always felt with Hairspray, it's so, like it's John Waters. Mm. It's the original movie before the musical. 
is a cult classic. It's not even that it's big. And he's so dark, but it's so kitsch. Yeah. And I was always like, God, I'd love to do something different with it. And then I had the idea for it and I was like, that could work. I actually had a bigger, an even more off the wall idea for it. I had to kind of rein it in. But um, I just was like, actually, I think between the style of the music and everything else, I was like, I actually think it could work, but you have to go all in. Like yeah. there was times when we were like, I'm going to have a cake in one of the scenes. And I was like, well, it can't be an ordinary cake. Now it's be a pop art cake. Why the fuck did I pick this thing? Going into, going into, oh, here's, um, can I have a pop art yeah. cake, please? Yeah. <laughs> what? A pop tart? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pop art. Pop art. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand <laughs> my creative vision. I am an artist. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just once it kind of, I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And then it just snowballed into being what it was then, which I loved. I actually loved being like, oh God, this will feed into that. And the shoes need to be different colored than the hair. And this has, can be different and this can look like it's an, but um, it's no one to draw the line then is, is the thing with it. Yeah. And, and being able to, like there was one or two things that still, I was, even when I was acting from the studio, I was like, oh, God damn it, I wish I had another week on that. Or, oh, yeah. just I don't things. know if but I've ever... Always be, yeah, you can never just yeah, let it I, lie. I saw a fantastic quote on a forum one time. It, now, it was about mixing songs in, in the studio and stuff. And uh, the quote was that, uh, you know, the mix will never be finished. It'll just eventually be abandoned. Yeah. Which yeah. is true, because you could tweak it forever. Yeah. And you could... You'd, if you had one more day, there'll always be something that you'll find to yeah. do. But... Um, this is the thing about creative producers, right? So Karen produces, creates and produces shows. You create and produce music. I create and produce film. Uh, and Michal creates and produces radio. And no matter how much, like, you are proud of what you've done, when you sit down and watch it, you'll go, fuck. Yeah. Mm. That, that one little thing, that hair out of place, yeah. that one yeah. little, yeah, for sure. And nobody sure. sees it but you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's another yeah, thing. That's it's another a killer. Thing. But you have to, as you said, you have to let it go and let it fly at some point, like. Yeah. Or you just never would. Yeah, 100%. Um, I know Rory's the one who usually recommends things on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and there will be some of that later in the show. But uh, for now, as we wrap up here with Karen Gordon, I can only recommend that the next time Pop-Up <laughs> Theatre are doing something anywhere near you that you definitely, definitely... Don't ne- bother. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're Kieran Quinn. Yeah, you definitely, yeah, yeah. You definitely yeah, yeah. need to uh, go and check them out because they always deliver an absolutely phenomenal show. Absolutely. Do, you know, oh, you so do you know what you're doing yet? I do! <laughs> okay. I do, I do. So, um, so there is something else in the pipeline yes so it won't be next year it'll be the following year but we will be auditioning for it next year so it seems mm. like it's a long way away but it's not brilliant and it's the one we talked about so oh, yes. I know. so okay so you can't be doing that to me you can't you can't be coming on to my podcast and saying to him oh yeah it's the one week oh wait wait oh wait wait it's the one we talked about Rory you tease we're just we're, we're artists you understand huh? <laughs> can you give us a hint uh, any hint okay where's the never, set it's never been done in Sligo before okay that's okay okay we'll, okay that narrows we'll it down to about 2,000 shows 2,000 shows <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well it's Sligo it's very very different than Hairspray Nice. Very, very, very different. Nice, nice, nice. We accept. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I'm sure whatever it is, uh, Sligo will be in for a master treat when it does arrive in 2025, spring 2025. Yep, spring Mm, 2025. Nice. Brilliant. Um, 
Anybody else have anything you want to say? Any other business? Any other business? No, that Meeting was adjourned? great. Meeting yeah. adjourned? Happy enough. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Karen for Gordon, me. thank you so much for thank you coming so much. in thank and you. chatting to us. And uh, I hope you have a, a well-earned holiday or some sort of a break <laughs> organised for yourself yeah. sometime soon. The only person in the town that I think maybe could claim the title of being as mental with their schedule as I am. Did you see that for the world's worst compliment? You're nearly as busy as me. Yeah, good on you. If you just tried harder, sure, come with something. Thank you so much. Girl, my God, thanks for coming on. So good, thank you. So it's usually just a ring. It's one of those little noises that that cuts out of the interview, isn't it? It'll be dum 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 dum. All right, so Mihal, you have been busy, and we have even more to catch up on now with you. Firstly your March challenge. And secondly, we have to hear how we all got on with our April, April kindness challenge. No doubt Luke has something fantastic for us here and I can't wait to hear it. It's time for Rory Recommends. <coughs> okay, so last month uh, we talked about um, uh, our challenge for Rory Recommends. So the challenge last month was to pick something difficult and do it. Um, I did the Everest challenge. That video is online now. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Uh, Kieran left his phone at home for a weekend. Uh, Mihal, we never got to speak to you about yours. We didn't bother speaking to Luke because he, he did nothing. But <laughs> we, we didn't get to speak to you about yours. Yours was really interesting. So I think we'll take two seconds. We'll ask you about your your challenge to do something difficult. You did a vlog every day for seven days, yeah? Yeah, and it sounds pure easy because a lot of my job is that kind of stuff. But it was because I was so busy with work and then I was so busy with hairspray as well. So I was going from work to hairspray to sleep. So then it was just to get home at night at 11 o'clock and to put all these videos together and do a quick little voiceover. I know it doesn't sound difficult and it didn't look difficult, but it was honestly... It was tough to do when you just want to sleep and I had to go and edit these videos and do a voiceover. It genuinely was tough. I know on paper it's like, oh, will you get over yourself? But it was, it was, it was hard. No, I edit videos for a living and I know that feeling at the end of the day when it's like, I need to get this done. This has to be done. Uh, I found it really interesting. And also, uh, Quinner said that when he finished his one, he would consider leaving his phone at home more often because he got something beneficial from the project. Yes, Kieran? Yeah, yeah. And I've had Sunday free phone days recently now. And have great. you? Yeah. Still since. I was going to yeah, ask you that yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So have you seen, Michal, have you seen any positives from your seven day challenge? Did you, would you go back to make and vlog? Your face says no. <laughs> I'm never making that busy, again. Even if you weren't as busy. No, no. <laughs> to be honest with you. No That's what I'm right. Okay, moving on. Like, nah. like, I would do a daily vlog, no problem. Like, we did one in London then. Like, not so much a daily vlog, because it wasn't very, as much detail. But, like, oh, to be honest with you, my life isn't interested enough to be doing a daily vlog. But maybe, like, once a year. I do enjoy doing them if I've got time, but it was just... It's getting the time to do them is impossible. Like. A daily vlog once a year isn't the daily vlog then, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's a yearly <laughs> vlog, me <laughs> 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 That's what that's called. You actually get away with nothing. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. He gets it all out at the weekend and he thinks he's big <laughs> The big dog. Big dog. <laughs> okay, so last month uh, I said I'd flip that coin uh, and I challenged the four of us and our listeners uh, to do something kind for somebody. Um... So I'm going to start with Kieran on this one. 
Uh, but I would like to just remind the listeners that Luke didn't do last month's one. That's your opinion. And we... we <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> it's everyone's opinion. Well, you, and know, we, you can have your opinion. I You're entitled to your opinion, but it's wrong. But that's... And one of the explicit moments, not explicit, it's the wrong word. One of the big moments mm. from last month's podcast is I looked Luke dead in the eye. And I said, Luke. Yeah. You did, Rory. I remember it. Remember it well. <laughs> I How am could you look me dead in the you. eye when we're on a podcast? <laughs> There's no video involved. I looked him dead in the eye and I said, Luke, you better do this one. And he said, absolutely, Rory. I 100% will. He promised. He promised oh. he'd do it. So, so anyway, before we get there. He didn't swear. He promised. Yeah. Okay, so Karen, did you do uh, uh, a nice thing for people? Well, I tried. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I guess it's up to the people. It's up to the people themselves, um, whether it was nice for them or not. But look at me all. A moment of realization for me all. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Go on. Oh, what I what I decided to do um, was every day for the month of April to write a, a handwritten note to somebody different each day. I guess complimenting them on something. <gasps> Oh my God, oh you told God, me about this. And I swear to God, Karen, <laughs> I have meant, yeah. I have meant to thank you a million times. So I came into yeah, you came into me sorry, and was like, let's go with Karen. Tell sorry, us what yeah, you did Quinter, first. Tell the sorry, story. Sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> That's like full on James Cameron twist. Go on. Oh my God. That's amazing. Wow. I haven't a second <laughs> clue. <laughs> no. What is going on here? No, <laughs> lads. No, this is actually, this is unbelievable. Go on and I'll explain our thing after. Right, you just, you Karen, you go on. So, I can't remember where I was after that reaction. <laughs> a handwritten note. A handwritten note to somebody uh, every day for the month of April. Um, you know, if I if I saw something or heard something or or that, that they did something well or saw them do something well or, you know, wrote a nice song or did something nice for somebody, I said I'd, I'd, said I'd write them a note and, uh, and just say, well done, or say, that was great, or say, fair play to you, I appreciated that. Or, Unreal. So, um, yeah, I've been... I've done 20, 24, 25 of them and I have a few left and I'll hopefully get to the end of the month. Jesus, I must be fairly far down the list. <laughs> 25, <laughs> I only have six days left. So five, five or six days left all, and I better be getting one of them notes. On. So, no, I, so my reaction was not because I got one. It was because Michal Carney walked into one of the dressing rooms in the Hawkswell and I said, he all right? Because he looked a bit kind of like... I know you weren't shocked or anything, but you looked. I would say at the time I was just vulnerable. There was just so much going on. There was just like I was just a bit overwhelmed with everything. Yes. And then I walked into this dressing room and I saw there was maybe there was a card from Karen and there was a card from a cast member and then there was another one that like it was just. Is this kind of last night stuff or is this, this on the first night first or night. dress rehearsal maybe? I'd, I don't know. I hadn't even seen the show at this. I no, seen the no, show? no, no, no. You hadn't seen the show. Okay. And. You just caught me and I read the note and I hadn't even said it to anyone. And I swear to God, Karen, and I meant thank you a million times. But I sat, I was in that dressing room on my own and a tear just started to come because I was just, you know, when you're just so overwhelmed and then yeah. that card, I swear to God, I can't thank you enough. It wow. was actually unbelievable. Right. What a full circle. So, uh, yeah, so because I met Michal after that and I, uh, shock is the wrong word, but you were vulnerable is probably a better word. And you're like, Karen Quinn's after writing me the nicest note and, and like a little bit shaky in the voice. Aww. Now, 
I know Karen right, writes to, to people, so it's not a shock that he would have written something for you. But your reaction, and so when you said, I wrote a handwritten notes to people, I was like, oh my, oh my God, this was happening in the background. That was amazing. Yeah, great. Well, Rory, it's down to you. Yeah, it's down to you recommending this. So uh, look, if, 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 anyway, yeah, as I say, so when I just you, so wrote them and I don't, you know, I've heard back from a few people maybe, but there's a lot of people I haven't heard back from. And so you don't know the, you don't know what, yeah. what, if, if people have a reaction like Michal had or if they had no reaction, but it's, it's, it's the act of actually writing it for me anyway. It's, it's nice to just think about someone for a few minutes in a day and write something down, you know? You know, last week, our last month, sorry, when uh, when I did a big, massive challenge and everyone else was a bit like, oh, Rory doing his big challenge. We did it. I feel like that now. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was so thoughtful. Oh. And uh, like for, for them people that like, we'll just leave it at that, lads, will we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What do you guys want to talk about there? I feel like it's it's so thoughtful. I mean, it's so genuinely like, sickeningly sweet <laughs> that, and and this lovely little kind of little interaction that we have going on here this uh, it's just you know if you were to, to write a little script for a nice little moment we'll say a nice little script for a nice little moment that would maybe make somebody else look kind of bad by proxy then this would be a really good example of it you know just three people to come into a room and have it all prearranged before them and I would tell them would tell them Michal that I gave you a note right and and then you pretend you cried and, and, and then Rory's going to pretend oh my god I, did, I had this really natural moment of non-planned realisation and, and all just to make me look like fucking thick well speaking of that Luke let's Let's go to you. Mm. <laughs> um, so you promised, you mm-hmm. swore down, mm-hmm. you would do something nice for somebody. Mm-hmm. You'd do something selfless. Mm-hmm. You'd take time out of your day to make somebody else's day. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you did. I cancelled a day of work in the studio and picked someone up from the airport as a surprise. Beckham. Shite. I was so ready. I was so ready to tear him apart. I've got notes to tear him apart. Right, Luke, go on, tell us the story. That's the story. I cancelled a day of work in the studio and I picked someone up from the airport instead of them getting a bus. That is very thoughtful That's as That's pretty well. good. And In you know what? Have you ever it. flown back from somewhere and you're wrecked oh. and the last place you want to sit is a bus that stops in every small town between Dublin and Sligo. That's why I did it. And because not only that, I don't mind that part so much, but it's when you get in and you get off the plane and the next bus isn't for three hours and you've got to sit in the airport for three hours waiting for the next bus and you just want to get home. Yeah, and then you get on that bus and it gets as far as Longford and it's late in the evening and now drunk people are trying to get home and they're getting on that bus. Oh my God. Mm. Actually, actually, Quinner's notes suck. Yeah. <laughs> the nicest thing I've ever heard, Luke. But for for the sake of some good content, well, let's pretend that I didn't actually do that. Can you put in the scratchy thing? Uh, yeah. Okay, do that now. Uh, so we'll put in the scratchy thing and then let's hear the notes. Just you just rip me you just rip me apart and yeah, tear me to shreds just for the crack. Right. 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 Ask me again. Put on, I do put a chat? Is the scratch in? Okay, hold on. Now, scratch is done. Okay, so Luke, uh, why don't you tell us what you did? I did nothing, Roy. Now please tear me apart. <laughs> now, Luke, I, you promised last week that you would do this. It wasn't last week, it was last month. Last, I keep doing that. Are you tearing you, me apart or am I tearing you apart? <laughs> Come on, get yourself together, really. Come on. <laughs> Sick. 
Uh, we don't have to do this, Luke. Well done. Uh, that was a lovely thing to have done for somebody. Congratulations. Now, thank you very much and let you shite. <laughs> okay, so I bet he didn't do that. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get <laughs> But the whole thing was to document it, wasn't it? Not the whole thing, no. And actually Luke did quite like he was quite vocal about the fact that he hates when people document doing the very nice true, thing. And to be true. fair, in reflection, the documentation that I did of mine was in the form of a time lapse because I didn't, I kind of almost agreed afterwards. I was like, by all means, if you've taken your photo or whatever, it's done in a good spirit. But maybe it wasn't the, I still wanted to make content content for the podcast yeah, and to be yeah. able to put out. Uh, but I think you're right. When you do something nice, maybe it's just right to do it. Just, okay, so Luke's done something lovely. So has Karen. Michal, you're sitting over there kind of nervously rummaging in your seat. Did you even listen to last month's podcast? Shag all I did. I shag all. I'll just get my notes out and I'll just change the do name see, on the top. See what's after happening here is now this would be like this would be like the lineup and it's like a firing squad in a movie and and uh Michal was full sure that I was gonna get shot. Yeah, I know <laughs> there's still a bullet in the gun. And I didn't there's still a fucking bullet in the gun. Huh? No, I'm not ready. I did shag all nice. I'm not a nice fella at all. <laughs> I do nothing nice for anyone. Uh, you know, didn't even thank him when he wrote your beautiful I swear to God, And I swear to God, the amount of times I meant to thank you. And I saw you at the stage door the next night and you were like, oh, give that. You had another written oh, card so that time. Oh, Kieran Quinn this and Kieran Quinn that on this part. Will you leave it off? Like, <laughs> No, I actually, do you know what, Michal? Do you know what? You brought joy and happiness to hundreds of people through your portrayal of Link Larkin. So I think you can have a pass on this one because to be fair, I saw how much effort you put into that and there was no time for anything else and you did perfectly. Well done. I love you, Rory, and I love you, Karen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Luke, hey, no fucking me. No, no. <laughs> I just I just got a I just got a very um loving gesture there from Michal, which I, I think says uh, It says it all. It says it all. Yeah. It yeah. says it all. Okay. Uh, Rory? Yes. Yourself? Mine is quick. Uh, I've done a little time lapse. I'll put it up on, we might do a story with it. It's not, it's not worthy of a full post, but we'll do a story of it throughout the month. Uh, keep an eye on our socials. We'll put it up on uh, the In The Lamplight Instagram. What I did was, um, <coughs> Elaine, my fiance, loves uh, barbecues. And out the back of our house, uh, it, was co- it was covered in moss and uh, dirt and blah, blah, blah. And she didn't want to, to eat a barbecue out there. So what I did was she went to work one day at six in the morning. Some days she goes to, uh, she has to travel very early to work. <clears throat> so I dropped her to the train station because uh, she gets the train to work. And then she said, you'll go back to bed now. I said, I will. But I snuck up to the house and I had organised a power washer and I had organised a load of timber and I had organised some flowers and some pots and some whatever. And I spent 12 hours, she does be away for 12 hours. I spent 12 hours power washing and build, I built a little barbecue hut and I built a little couple of raised flower beds and I put some pots down and I bought a barbecue so that when she walked in the door after the day and the sun was shining, she walked out to her new back garden that was all cleaned and ready to go and I had a burger ready for her. Aww. 
How do you feel now? Absolutely chronic. That's lovely. Exit stage left. Where is the door like? Unbelievable. The time lapse is gas because it almost looks like if I was to AI generate how a time lapse should look for this. Because the morning is grey and cloudy and rainy. And as the as the garden starts to come to get to yard, it looks like it looked a bit like a prison yard. And Elaine kept saying that this is like a prison yard. I said, Well, all it really needs in my head, all it really needs is some flowers and you know, a nice place to sit mm. and blah, blah. Mm. But the sun starts to rise and come across the back of the time lapse as the flowers start to be delivered in. It's a bit like, you know, you ever see Dermot Bannon doing a garden? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah rockery yeah. in the garden. <laughs> it's a bit like that. So keep an eye on, on Instagram over the next month. We'll throw up that time lapse and you can see what I'm talking about. Lovely. Beautiful. It sounds like, it sounds like it was nearly like... Um, a really nice lighting designer had just subtly reinforced and supported the scene. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As the, the lighting the, gods. Yeah, the lighting <laughs> gods, you know. Were you responsible for the lighting of that of your play as well, Luke, by the way? I saw you won Best Lighting Design. I was one of three people responsible for the lighting of the, the play. Yeah. There you go. Um, there was something else I was going to say about your... Oh, yeah, no, not like Dermot Bannon, though, because Dermot Bannon has to put a glass courtyard in everything. <laughs> Oh, what do we put in the middle of the house in this room? Now, knock it. Let's put a glass courtyard in. <laughs> yeah. It's not a German Bannon project if a big gla- walled glass courtyard hasn't gone right in the middle of it. So, there you go. Very good. Very uh, good. Yeah. So, Rory recommends for next month. Okay. So, Rory recommends a month off. If your life is feeling grey, like a dull and cloudy day, we can chase your blues away. Rory recommends you something to defend you from the boredom that offends you. Also, fix your hairdo. It's Rory Recommends So this recommendation is not for you to go and spend a heap of effort doing something because the last two have been that and I think the listeners need a break. They've they've really turned out for us. They did all of the challenges in their droves. I'm sure they're absolutely wrecked. So this time for this month, it's I thought we'd need some rest and some relaxation and given the uh, fact that this entire episode has been dedicated to the theatre and to the arts Hmm. Uh, and to going to see shows and we had Karen Gordon in and we've been talking to Hall, and you've won an award I thought why don't we have awards a th- awards sorry six out of seven could have done better <laughs> so if we <laughs> can do better it can do better is right it's like an A minus uh, so I said we'd uh, I'd give it like a relaxation I'd recommend a relaxation evening with the theatre involved so um Having been involved in Hairspray, one of the takeaways for me was the amazing community of artists and performers that we have around Sligo. And um, I'd love to recommend, there's two things I'd like to recommend. I promise I haven't been asked to recommend this, okay? Because it involves our dear friend, Quinner. But... Dear friend. Dear, our dear no friend. Nice. Yeah. No I should have nice. said Kieran because it's more formal, isn't it? Our dear friend, Kieran. Um, so sounds like you're giving a eulogy Yeah, I felt a bit yeah. like our that, dear friend, Kieran. <laughs> I don't want that job. <laughs> he was a lovely fella. <laughs> Dearly beloved we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gathered here today to, re- to recommend... Uh, a show by Quinner. Um, okay, so um, on the 3rd and 4th of May, so if you're listening to this podcast uh, a couple of days after it's come out, you still have time. Uh, the Grammar School are putting on Stars in Their Eyes in the Hawkswell. Um, so that's a little community event that you can go and support. Um, but the one that I thought of earlier on, uh, and I thought I'd recommend this, this is the big recommendation, is on the 20th and 21st of May. Is that right? Yes, Rory. Okay, there is the Kieran Quinn Teenage Team Night. 
Okay, so I'd recommend going to the theatre. That's the recommendation. And if you need a, po- a pointer in the right direction, uh, maybe consider the Karen Quinn Teenage Team Nights. And I'll tell you why. They are some crack. Yeah. There is such a variety of performers. There's such a variety of energy. Um, and <clears throat> in the room, there's young people bring a kind of an energy that I think you kind of lose or you tame as you get a bit older. And when you watch professional or long-time performers, they're possibly not that excited to be on the stage. They're, they're, they're honing their craft. So really what they're doing is they're showing you their craft on the stage. With kids and teenagers, you're seeing the, the bud and the start of that craft and they're so excited to be there. And it's woefully infectious. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable crack. So... My recommendation is to go to the theatre, have a night off, find someone you love, bring them with you, have an old spot of dinner. If you're fond of a pint, have one. If you're too fond of a pint, don't. And if you enjoy music and you enjoy crack, on the 21st and the 22nd, uh, we'll go and see the Kieran Quinn team night, teenage team night. 20th and 21st. On the 20th <laughs> and 21st. Luke, can you do something about that? Uh, <coughs> I can, I could do something about that, but I won't. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Uh, and so I, re- I recommend that we go, uh, the four of us. Uh, I'll be uh, working at the event. As will I, so it's going to be quite easy for so, us to go. So I'd say, Michal, pretty much all you have to do is grab a chair and join us at the tech desk. Great, let's do that. And we can have the crack and we'll have something to talk about next month. Unbelievable. And you might get uh, to talk to some people on the streets. But I'm going to insist. But I'm going to insist. But I'm going to insist that you're going to have to do it uh, outside on the street as they exit the theater, not in the foyer. Oh, worst timing, worst time. That's madness, huh? That's mad. Out on the out on the street outside the foyer when people are leaving. Lads, you're not like all the experts. I've been the one that's been out in the streets the last fucking years. He needs to do something difficult this month. He needs to challenge himself. He did fuck off that challenge last month. He did me all on the streets. He did me all on the streets in the fucking fire of the Hawkswell. Talk about a soft touch. My uh, God. All right, before we all fall out, ladies and gentlemen, we have some music for you to finish the show. Yeah, and Michal didn't help with that either. <laughs> The sun will come out tomorrow Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow There'll be sun Just thinking about tomorrow Clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow Till there's none when I'm stuck with a day that's grey and lonely I just stick out my chin and grin and say The sun will come out tomorrow So you gotta hang on till